Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Anti-Folly. Uh, my name is Sam Coddington. I'm joined here today with Ethan Sampson. It's, uh, it's great to be here. We uh, had a little bit of a little bit of a break from the pod for a little bit. It's coming off of final weeks, finals week here and you know it's it's great to be back. Um before we jump into it, uh, I should probably we've had an Instagram and we've had an email for a couple weeks now and I've been for some reason sharing that at the end of the podcast. So mm. I'm going to start off with this here. <laughs> uh, podcast email, it's anti-folly all lowercase podcast. No, nothing nothing. Anti-folly podcast at gmail.com. She does a question there, she does comments, concerns, whatever. Want to have communication with you guys? If you want to come on the pod, shoot us an email there. Also, we have Anti Folly on Instagram. Um, pretty dormant account. I'm going to work on that over this Christmas break <laughs> here coming up. But uh, just you can check it out. It's literally Anti Folly. No hyphen, no nothing, all lowercase. At just at Anti Folly is our Instagram there. So if you guys could check that out. That'd be great. Um, another announcement. Uh, I'm going to be gone overseas. Hopefully, COVID granting. Um for about a month for J term here. Um, I'll be in Spain and France. Ooh. Medieval history stuff. Gonna be pretty sick. Uh, Noah, one of our previous guests, gonna be on the trip with me. Looking forward to it. With that said, um, Ethan Sampson and a very good friend of us of ours, Xavier, will be taking over the pod. And they're gonna be talking about theology, hopefully having on some some interesting guests with some different views about theology mm-hmm. and, and the church and gonna kinda take a, take a break from politics and and that stuff. Maybe not completely, but it's going to be pretty sick. Yeah. So Xavier's awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. super excited about it. I think it's going to be maybe sort of a special thing that we do mm-hmm. over possibly continually over January's, et cetera, mm-hmm. just taking some time, reflecting on the season, the importance of uh, we're going to be talking about the importances of church and um, uh, possibly the attributes of God. We'll see exactly what happens there and how our J term classes are going, but excited to have Xavier on. I know he's excited. Um, he just flew home. Yes. This morning, this morning, like five. Yeah. This, this early morning. So what a guy. Yeah. Super excited for that. Yeah. Um, so if you can't already tell from, from the title of the episode, um, we'll be talking about, uh, January 6th riot. It's uh, a little bit less than a year from the point of recording, but, um, the time it gets to you guys, Hopefully there will be some time to, to you know reflect on the year since the um, since the riot that was pretty symbolically bad, bad for the country, and we're just going to talk about that and in light of Christianity and light of truth and, and a lot of things. So then, if you want to mm-hmm. take it away with the the verse for today, yes. So I'm going to be reading from Psalm two. I'm just going to read for a bit here. Um. <clears throat> Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion my holy mountain, my holy hill. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, I like that verse a lot. My, I remember when, it was actually over J-term last year, I was taking a class called, uh, it's about Amer- the American Revolution and political mm-hmm. development, and it's very like an apt time to be <laughs> taking a Dang. class about that kind of stuff. Totally. And I went back to my room and 
I was like, I knew that they were counting the votes up and I was like, there's going to be probably some, some protests and partisanship, some interesting stuff happening. So I went on, watched the Twitter live feed and I watched for a couple hours, you know, before I did my homework. And then mm-hmm. I saw in like the comment section, they're like, oh, people are gathering outside and they're, they're going to break in. And I watched the whole thing happen and, uh, kind of had a panic attack. It was really, really, it was hard to see. Yeah. And my brother sent me that, that verse and it, I thought it really helped me a lot because it was like, this is like a trait of, of human nature to, to revolt kind of against uh, government. And the reason it happens is because of the fallen state of our governments and the fallen state of humanity. And like, I was kind of, I was newly saved at the point. So I was kind of going through, I just coming out of a period where I was like, politics is stupid. It doesn't matter. You know, sure. we're all going to die one day and going to go to heaven or hell. And that's what really matters. And that's true and all. But I guess this, for me, this verse really kind of highlights why we should care about these things, why we should care about politics as a Christian, because yeah, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, but it also does. And kind of the the panic and the, the hurt I was experiencing during that time was, it wasn't, it shouldn't get to a point where I'm idolizing America, but that mm-hmm. pain for like human suffering and possible symbolic suffering and all of that stuff, that's a righteous sadness and pain that a Christian should experience. Cause it's like, this is going to impact people. And that's, that's good to care about that. Totally. Yeah, totally. I think, I think it's kind of a evangelical thing to say, Oh, it, this, you know, this doesn't matter. It's only the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes. However, we need to take into account the effect that like, we need to recognize the time that we're in mm-hmm. and we need to, we need to understand how what is going on in civil society is going to affect the kingdom of affect the way that the kingdom of God advances. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that it's like the end all be all or anything, but I don't think that we should just disengage with politics because it's difficult or something like that. Um, because they're, they're important and they matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we saw that in the verse that we were reading, he who sits in heaven laughs and he holds them in derision which i don't actually know exactly what that word means but i'm assuming it's kind of a regardless it's this interaction with god is he is he's not just sitting up in heaven and doing nothing he is sovereign even over the politics and etc and so if it matter if it those things matter we know I was right. I've been writing a paper and talks in first Corinthians 15 about how all things, all power, all authorities are going to be placed under his feet. The last mm. enemy being death. It's like these things are being put like in Christ's reign. All of these things are being put under his feet. And so like, it matters what's going on is what I was trying to get at basically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Odd derision. I looked it up. Yeah. Basically it's like, he, it's like he's looking down at it like in a in a sort of mockery type of fashion. It's just like this is this is this is folly. This mm. is foolish. This is depravity. And yeah. I look down upon this action. So that in, in this context, it's like God's looking down upon the people that that He's you know given the opportunity to govern and to like allow righteousness to advance and. Yeah. 
and obviously we're in a fallen state, right? So this is like punishment, but it's also grace because we don't even deserve mm-hmm. even that amount of suffering. We deserve far more in terms of suffering than, than that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess we were really trying to, now it's really, so has what, has what we've said about, or has, has what people have said about January 6th, it's been a year. Has it really, I mean, we were talking about this before, you know, it's the, this is, you know, the attack on our democracy and et cetera. And is that, is, is that what we've seen play out? I mean, I think pretty, very clearly, no. No. And, and I think it gets at the idea that, and this is really what I think what people are, we're saying it is, is it's the symbolic, it's the symbolic thing that, that means this, you know, I don't know what you want to say, the, the end of this age or it's, whatever. It's like, I mean, it, it, the, the event itself is like a, a perfect sort of, you know, you talk about like how important narrative is in politics and history. The January 6th riot is like the most freaking perfect, perfect narrative to create. And I guess the way I kind of look at it in the hindsight, I mean, want to open up with saying like, I don't know about you, Ethan, I'm just going to speak for you though. Sure. January 6th riot, not just at all. Mm-hmm. Not okay. We should never happen. This is horrible. But it, I don't think it's as bad as people argue it is. And I kind of, the way I look at it is, you know, I was talking about it previously, and I basically said like the January 6th riot was essentially to the bureaucratic American government and the establishment what the Boston Tea Party was to the British Crown. Ooh, say that again. Say that again, bro. The January 6th riot was to the bureaucratic American government institutions what the Boston Tea Party was to the British Crown. Mm. You saw, what was it, like two confirmed people died at the scene. One person was because of allergic reaction. The other person, forgot her name, was a was one of the rioters, and she was shot by by DC security guards, which I'm just in case people think I'm biased, like I think it's horrible and awful that that had to happen, but I think the government was completely justified in shooting her. Like, I think her death was justified. It's so sad. And like, I really mm-hmm. wish no one had to die, but I think it was justified in that scenario, just because the fact that people were breaking into something that provides that symbolic and literal stability to the country. Totally. But what we don't focus on, you know, is that, and Reason Magazine, they had a good article on this, is that um, the attack that took place, which wasn't really an attack. Like, people like to say it's an insurrection. Like, this is, like, the lamest insurrection. Like, what did they do? They went and, like, stole some stuff from Nancy Pelosi and, you know, marched around taking pictures in the Capitol dome room and didn't actually, like, go and try to take over anyone. They just went around and paraded. Like, if that was an actual insurrection, worst insurrection ever. (laughs) Like, it's not good. But... Well, they, should have been, they should have been taking notes. And I think that's the thing that's frustrating <laughs> is, okay, so there's this summer of buildup of riots whole across, across the entire country. Yeah, they, the, the country is lit up mm-hmm. by dumpster fires and et cetera as people march around. And there's, there's really a lack of outcry from the media. Very clear. These, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just these really funny, I think, videos of, reporters standing there saying mostly peaceful you know protests CNN. going on and 
Yeah, and there's literally fires behind them. And you're like, you know, what is mostly peaceful here? Mm -hmm. You know, what is... And so much of it happened, and there was so little outcry and such little coverage that it's just like, well, what the heck, you know? Like, what's... How is that okay? And then... Mm -hmm. Then this one thing happens, you know, and there's just this, oh my gosh, I can't believe that there is this, you know, insurrection or the best is when they'll accidentally say erection. Erection. That's hilarious. (laughs) January 6th, erection. (laughs) There's like all kinds of clips you can find of people saying that it's funny. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of highlight some facts and figures for, I mean, we're, this is a Minnesota based podcast. I was, I live in the Twin Cities. I was have friends that live in like Minneapolis, St. Paul and like the, the inner ring suburbs just outside. And I remember watching every single night after, after George Floyd's death, the, the protests get hijacked and then just rioting occurring and just like texting my friends, even people I'm like not that close to, but like it's someone who it's like, if they died, that would impact your life. I would text them them every single night and I'd be like, Hey, like, I know you live here. I know like five blocks away or whatever. There's, there's fires and stuff. Like, are you safe tonight? I'm praying mm-hmm. for you, all this stuff. And I remember my whole family and, and everyone on Twitter, everyone was just glued to their TVs for a month, for like the entire first month of, of riots. Totally. And then we kind of got like, you're talking about this like before we started, we kind of got desensitized or whatever mm-hmm. to it. It was just kind of regular. So some facts, 25 people died over the course of, of the George Floyd riots. Um, that's a lot of people that died. Like, let's just talk. Yeah. That's that's a lot of people that died. Um, there was fourteen thousand arrests in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, in less than a month after George Floyd's death, uh, there's over five hundred fifty million dollars worth of property damage, and then across the country, there's one to two billion dollars in insured damages in the United States. And when we talk about democracy and like what's important, obviously the institutions matter, but also we make up the democracy, right? Mm, yeah. And for an entire summer, we were being attacked. There was riots occurring. The direct, the community, the very communities that were most impacted by George Floyd's death, like these minority communities, they were being under attack. They mm. were rioting, all this stuff occurring. And I think another thing we don't talk about a lot is the how the media talked about protests. And then they talked about rioting, or they didn't call it rioting, they just called it unrest, right? Which is technically the correct term. Um, I actually think, and this is this is crazy, Fox News was the most honest in covering the unrest because they were very clear in their broadcasts that here's this separate group of individuals protesting peacefully. Mm-hmm. Here's this other group of individuals, Antifa, whatever, bunch of idiots. Don't come after my cheeks. Sorry for saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's these people literally rioting. These are not the same groups. And then you had people like CNN saying, oh, the right's just saying they're all they're all rioting, blah, blah, blah. And then you have, as we talked about yesterday, like on our last podcast, NPR people coming in and she's like, you know what? Looting and rioting is completely justified in this case. I think what should be the response is looting, rioting is not okay. Let's not lump the protesters and the rioters in the same group. And then let's not justify rioting. 
And guess what the establishment, guess what the same people like Nancy Pelosi, like Chuck Schumer, the people that were, you know, had their lives at risk, AOC, who was what, like two miles blocks, away. Yeah, she was blocks and blocks, blocks away. Blocks away. Those people, to use the language of people like accusing Republicans during, during the um, Capitol riot, they incited and encouraged looting. Kamala Harris literally donated and shared information to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which literally freed convicted felons, rapists, people like that, rioters from from um, jail cells. Yeah. Obviously, like the police came in and they did arrest some peaceful protesters, but for the most part, if you're peacefully protesting, you're not going to get arrested. And then we were just, all these celebrities, all these politicians were donating money to that. And now we're supposed yeah. to care more about the symbolic attack that didn't result in citizens getting, you know, losing life, limb, property, all that stuff. We're supposed to care about that symbolic attack on our democracy. Yeah. Well, so then there was this, that really makes me think of this thing that just thought of now, but mm -hmm. then, so it's, it's, it's really unfortunate because you're allowing the writing to be part of what you're what you're you know trying to say and so then there becomes this contention where it's like okay i'm kind of hearing i'm hearing what you're saying and i'm and i'm considering it but then all of a sudden i see that rioting is happening along the same movement black lives matter and it's being justified and i can't agree with that mm -hmm. and so personally it was kind of a okay well i don't I don't agree on that thing, so I'm not really going to consider the nuances of your view because everything's just being lumped together. Mm -hmm. There's and there's no there's no nuance on who's protesting, who's rioting, and I know some of that was also kind of like questionable. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know who did all those things or what their affiliation was or et cetera. Yeah, for sure. One thing that people kept there's like this fight over Martin Luther King Jr. and what he says. And what he means. And so there's like, oh, well, you know, because I'm because I'm white, I can't understand what he means when he says, you know, like, I have a dream that one day my children, they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And because because I'm of a certain view then I'm misunderstanding, I'm misunderstanding him, I'm misquoting him, etc., and so then at the same time, people are using, uh, I was trying to find this quote of, of him where he, he basically is talking about how rioting is, is like the voice of the unheard or mm -hmm. something, something like that. Yeah. Lines. Yeah. The voice of the unheard. And he's not, he's not supporting rioting, which is what saw a lot exactly. of people using that. He was basically saying like, like, I don't know if hit a quick history lesson, Martin Luther King didn't riot. No. Like that was literally that that was literally no violence, non no nonviolent demonstration, which is so badass. Like oh, totally, it's so cool. And and like the the main idea is like obviously, and I I tried to check myself when I had that emotional reaction to the communities burning to the ground as any human should. Mm -hmm. To also to keep in mind like some of these people have this frustration, this anger with the system, and obviously they're. Them like burning down condos, um, Target, all that stuff is very much misguided, but the anger behind it is something we should pay attention to. 
And that's what that ver- that's what that that quote's talking about. It's not saying because riots are the voice of the unheard, we should let them continue to riot. It's saying exactly. Let's not just ignore why they're rioting. Yeah. But let's also condemn them rioting. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then, when the con- when the the rioting was as acceptable as the protesting, <laughs> that's when like I feel like I'm like I I don't know I don't know if I don't understand the logic or et cetera if it's just me. Mm-hmm. But that's like where you lose me, basically, essentially for me mm-hmm. is like once when when the media or proponents, some big proponents, you know, of, of Black Lives Matter are saying, you know, this is, you know, right. This is, you know, important, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of and also regardless of the pandemic and the lockdowns that are going on. This is justified. People in the government saying that this is OK. When I'm sitting and I can't go, like, <laughs> I can't go anywhere. I can't go out to eat. Any, you know, it's like, I know those things. and But then we say those things are small, that I can't go. Any, I don't have the freedom to go. Mm-hmm. Or businesses don't have the freedom to be open to for me to make those decisions. And it's like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. It wasn't that long. It wasn't et cetera, et cetera. It's like, but I see that there are people out there that get to go out, that get to go and protest. And I think that they should. Mm-hmm. And I think that I should also be able to go out and do things. And if I don't do them under the guise of Black Lives Matter, that I should still have the freedom to do those. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was those things that are like, you really lost me here. You lost me there. You totally lost me. <laughs> yeah, it's I really mean, frustrating. It's sad. Yeah. It, it's really sad because it's like, I remember like right after George Floyd died, it, there was a pretty universal left, right. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, a really terrible situation, but it was it was beautiful to see for one time in, in America, pretty much everyone universally mm-hmm. condemned the action, and they're like, let's find ways to solve this bipartisan in a bipartisan way. And, and how quickly that went away? Honestly, it, it quickly though. went away, and it's like let's have a conversation about this, and then it quickly changed from, you know, there's this like obviously a systemic issue with with racism in the country and all this stuff. And then it quickly got pinned to be like, oh, this this is Trump's America. This is this is the fault of Republican people. And like, for some reason, we kind of just shoo against the carpet the fact that like Minneapolis has been run by Democrats for like the last 30, 40 years. And like, say what you want about like police unions and how they protect, you know, bad cops, which I I believe they do. Sure. Um, guess who's a really strong proponent of unions? Oh, the left. Um, just stuff like that where it's like. Obviously, they have this government authority, and I mean, like, I would pressure with Amy Klobuchar literally had the opportunity to convict Derek Chauvin, and she didn't. And then no one just like no one talks about that. Hmm. And I guess it's like, why can't we? Why it, it got so qui- it was so quickly hijacked for political ends that really don't solve the issue of like why George Floyd died, what the issues are. I mean. The solution then became let's have more government, let's have more regulations, let's use this to politically motivate, let's use this to divide people. And mm-hmm. it, it was it was just it was sad. It was really I thought it was sad to see. Um and there's like almost a selective outcry. Um you had we, we kinda talked about this in a now failed podcast that we recorded at what, like three AM in the morning. It was um, really bad, guys. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. But you know, um about a month out during the when Biden was inaugurated, there was this big long um, statement written by faculty at, at Bethel, and it was condemning 
January 6th riot. They use language like insurrection, all that stuff. Um, it's like these are the same groups of people that there was no institutional statement when less than 20 miles away from Bethel, you know, like what? I think we're like 7.8 or something. Don't cite me from Minneapolis alone. Sure. And these like Christians, these institutions, they don't care when like communities are burning to the ground. 25, you know, civilians die. They, they care more about the institution that caused all of this uproar on the left and the right. The institution that allowed things like George Floyd to happen. They're more concerned with that institution being attacked and the failures of government, as we talked about in the verse, being insulated and protected than they are about individuals, about communities. And that's that's really, I think that's really sad in that it doesn't need to be this thing where it's like, like I agree with like the fact that it needed to be a statement because I think the symbolic nature of that attack was necessary. I mean, sorry, the symbolic nature of the attack was something serious and we need to talk about that. Yep. But I don't think it's more serious than months on end of our our democratic society, the polity being attacked. And there should be a statement about that too, and there's not. And that's where the, the political motives and the selective outrage becomes very clear and evident. And it's like, I mean, obviously the use of insurrection, right? I'll just read the, the definition of insurrection here and I'll, I'll ask you if you think it applies to maybe something else a little bit more directly. Okay. So the Oxford definition is a violent uprising against an authority or government. I think you could definitely classify January 6th riot as, a, as an insurrection. I think you yeah, could also sure. not classify it as an insurrection. I don't think it's a clear-cut insurrection. Um, when George Floyd died, I don't know, this was kind of on the news, uh, rioters <laughs> burned down a freaking police precinct yeah. to the ground. They burnt... A precinct, and if you're not familiar with that, that's that's like the he- headquarters of a police department in a certain part of the city. That is the arm and branch of a democratic institution. That is, that is the magistrate. Yeah. You know that God ordained authority in the community that was burned to the freaking ground. That is an insurrection, 100%. Why are we not outraged over that? Why are we only outraged over the symbolic attack against a bunch of politicians, which were encouraging attacks on the communities and which allowed Derek Chauvin to walk free? Mm-hmm. Derek Chauvin ultimately to kill George Floyd allowed that. I mean, like, they both can be bad, but the selective outrage, I think, really shows that. I don't think, I don't know if it's necessarily willful. But I think there's a lack of of full-hearted, actual concern for America's democracy. Because if I think there was, I if there was, I think we'd actually see not this outrage that's selective and not actually addressing the problem. I think we'd see real solutions and, and Christian quote unquote institutions really trying to to you know enhance and find that role of like let's let's try to limit suffering of people. Yeah. But there's not. And that's, for me, that's really sad. Even a year a year on from it. So, I don't know. What, what do you think? No, I, I think one of, the key, one of the key issues within that is just the politicization of mm-hmm. the topics that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because essentially 
we're saying these really kind of moderate things right now that shouldn't be like controversial, mm-hmm. but, but I think that they, they become that way because, because yeah, because you know, oh, well, you know, there's, there's just, this is what you say if you're on this side and this is what you say if you're on the other mm-hmm. side, this is what the things that you fight against and there can't be any real nuance and in the same way are, and then I think then churches aren't willing to speak on things because they're political. It's unpo- even if they it's popular matter. or it's, it's unpopular, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you're going to get more flack as an institution for rightfully condemning riding because the media, the media and people will come at you like, Oh, so you don't support protesting against it. It's like, no, I do support protesting. I just don't think you should be able to burn down a Walmart because you're mad about and someone being un- unjustly killed. Yeah. It's like that stuff where it's like, if you had like, if you had any sense of like balls, you know, <laughs> you would actually be like, you know what? These are both wrong. Yeah. But I think, and then I think this is kind of a wider painting and we kind of talk about this throughout the whole podcast is that like institutions like Bethel, the media, all this stuff, they don't have balls. They're more interested in, you know, saying the right things, doing things that will ensure their continued growth, whatever, to the point mm-hmm. where it's like these mission statements, these things that they were, they were originally founded on, that's like the past. That's like this willful, hopeful, like this is what is so great to do, but we're not actually going to, we're not actually going to achieve it. And I think that's, that's, that's a worse attack on democracy in my opinion mm-hmm. Than a bunch of rednecks and a bunch of idiots who rightfully knew that there was some amount of election falsification, but who were who were lied to and, and believed that one they could actually change the outcome, and two yeah. that the falsification actually had enough of an influence on the election to change it from a Biden victory to a Trump victory. Yeah, but I think even more so if you just go into like. It's important to go into, like, what were these people thinking? Well, the people that were rioting, you know, on January 6th, those people genuinely believed that our democratic institution, the most important function, you know, our elective system, Mm -hmm. did not occur. And they, you can... That's democracy under attack. They thought that was democracy under attack. Totally. Do I think they were correct? Absolutely not. Do I think they were just fine doing what they did? Absolutely not. But the media, and we kind of covered it in a way where it's like, oh, this is a power grab. This is them just caring about themselves for this power. It's like, no, they genuinely believed, you know, the big steal, the big lie. They genuinely believed our democratic institution was being attacked by the political elites and the establishment. Mm -hmm. And what is our response to those people that are misled? It's to selectively and only have anger towards them instead of the uh, the riots across our country that were occurring mm-hmm. you know it's like they riders tried burning down like what was it saint andrews right across the street from the white house like i mean obviously people don't think this anymore but it's like religion is a very important aspect of our democracy mm. so it's just like it's very selective and totally that's not good no i think i think that 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 you know gets in this whole conversation we've had before about Bethel and that clear politicization and kind of 
okay, so this is our, one of our values is to be truth seekers. Mm-hmm. This, you know, really hipster truth seekers. <laughs> truth seeker. what, what does you that know? mean? Yeah, it's like really cute, cutesy, whatever. It's like, okay, that's like, that should be a legitimate conviction of ours. That should be. And so then, and so then to say, to care about this one thing, to have this, all of these faculty, so many mm-hmm. sign it, but it's not, it's not addressing this elephant in the room, which is the George Floyd riots really. <laughs> and it's, it's something that then you have, you know, all these people on the left, which is probably most of Bethel mm-hmm. faculty saying, this is such a good thing. This is such a, you know, important moment that we're, you know, coming together and we're doing, et cetera. We're fighting against this, you know, major issue. And you know, people on the left are on the right saying, you know, if there are any of the faculty that sign that saying, well, yes, this is a bad thing and we should unite on this. And I'm going to lay aside my issue here of basically the hypocrisy of this statement mm-hmm. or yeah, of the statement that they made. And so this is continually rolling over of the right to say, yes, we'll, we'll give you this. We'll give you this because we agree, but mm-hmm. we're not willing to say, no, that's not nuanced enough of a view. It's not, it's not just, it's, I'm not saying that the protests are bad. I'm saying that all the protesting is good. You should protest. You should mm-hmm. make your thoughts you're, you're a citizen and what you think matters and all those things. And we need to engage in conversation. And how do we do that? We need to get that out there, politicize, you know, politicize those things, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we should condone rioting. And then for the media to come along and say, no, rioting and protesting are the same. Mm-hmm. And there's no, and there's no rioting going on. It's like, what? how is that? How is that going to be helpful in any sort of dialogue or bringing together of the sides? Yeah. So, I mean, there's people that are going to be listening to this that think um, even like bringing up the George Floyd riot aspect is just something done to silence legitimate protests and outrage at, at George Floyd. I mean, like, that's kind of the narrative that's been lied, lied to all of us where it's like, it's like, no, I can, I and you listening can care about property rights, can care about 25 people not dying and communities not burning to the ground, and also, one, acknowledge that there were legitimate peaceful protests that occurred and were successful, and also that that is just to protest. Yeah. And, like, oh, you're, you're changing the narrative, you're talking more about this thing, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's what they did with the <laughs> the January 6th riot. Like, we're talking so much about it. There's this whole witch on this whole committee with, like, Liz Cheney and all these people. You know, let's, let's go make sure Donald Trump, all these people are held responsible for inciting you know, the insurrection. I mean, first off, there's not really much of an argument legally for, for the first, the, for our, the freedom of speech that they, they, they stated that directly resulted in someone else taking that action. Like, yeah, your words do not force someone else to then have an action. Me yeah. telling me, Ethan, go and punch that glass wall. And and it's not even it's like it's not even that that was said. It was said, "Go and make your voice heard." Yeah, it says, "Fight like hell." You know those these types like of hell. things. That is not the same as saying, "Go and break into this place." No, and destroy things to no it's make not. your voice heard. That's yeah. not what was said. And even like I personally believe sure. their words, they have some level of responsibility. 
But I, definitely what you say matter, like matters. But it's like is no, that's not. You're not. You should not get punished for saying a pretty legitimate thing about the fact that there was pre- pretty sketch voter fraud There's allegations. Some sketchy stuff going on, man. Like a lot of the cases even acknowledge the fact, like, hey, yeah, there was a lot of falsification of records. Blah 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 blah. It's just it wasn't enough to you know overturn the election. Well, wait, pause. You just said there was some that occurred. It just wasn't big enough. That the fact that that exists isn't is enough of an issue. You know, and it's like, and it goes back yeah. to, it goes back to the politicization, the politi- politicization of the nation. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of a rhyme it's true of saying this is an impact. You know, George, George Floyd summer is because of Donald Trump and, and the right and et cetera. So people are like, I'm willing to actually attack democracy to actually attack, you know, in some in some minute way, at, at the very least, what is going on with the vote mm-hmm. so that we can get Biden into office so that we can, like, save the country. It's like, but in but in doing that, you forfeited, you know, you forfeited the, what our nation stands for and et cetera because you're, you're willing to give up. You're willing to give up, like, you know, these fair and free elections and et cetera mm-hmm. to get to save you're you're losing what you're trying to save i guess is what i'm saying and i'm not saying i'm what i'm not saying is that oh every single person on the left you know was willing to throw that away or etc but i'm saying you can see that there are people who are willing to do that thing that we're saying the january 6 uh you know insurrectionists were doing you know we were saying are doing was bad they're like condemning they're like freaking out like oh Wow, they're they're attacking government institutions, democracy, and all that stuff. It's just like, well, you were silent about, you know, the third precinct burning to the ground. Mm-hmm. You were silent about the makeup of our democracy. I mean, like when you learn in, in school, and a lot of a lot of professors that love to fantasize and focus so much on this insurrection because whatever reason, I think it's stupid to be honest. But they, one of the first things you learn in like what's important to maintaining democracy, it's it's not just the the institutions. But at the core is the individuals that make up the collective democracy, the, 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 the people that elect the leaders. And you know who was attacked the most was the people that elect the leaders. The cohesive nature of our communities was almost completely destroyed. The world, the nation became more polarized mm-hmm. as a result of the riots. Those things, those things are our, the communal cohesive nature of, of our of a democratic society, our ability to dialogue, have conversations in peace about important issues, and to live in peace, all of these things to, to ensure the role of government that we talked about in Kyle Rittenhouse episode where it's like they need to protect property, all this stuff. That is what is important to a democracy. Mm-hmm. It's not this dome, you know, this fancy dome. It's not... A bunch of billionaires who have trust funds and all this stuff. It's it. To be frank, it it is the institutions, but it's not just the institutions. Mm-hmm. What makes up democracy is we the people. You know, the Constitution it doesn't say we the Capitol building, Nancy Pelosi and and Chuck Schumer of the United States of America. Yeah. You know, we form this demo- democracy. No, it's we the freaking people, and we the people. We were under attack. Mm. 25 of the people died in riots. $500 million in property damage occurred, not just to big corporations, but 
small businesses, homes, communities were attacked. And that should mean something to people that care about democracy just as much as that symbolic attack does. Totally. And I don't know what, like, do you have any closing thoughts as we kind of no, yeah. wrap this up? Yeah. I just have one last thing. I think I, I've been writing about the importance of been writing a paper about the importance of law for loving your neighbor and loving God essentially. And, and basically, basically the, the thing is we should care about democracy and et cetera, because the way that that society functions and the way that we function in society is one of the prime ways that we love our neighbor. Mm. And in so doing loving God, and that should be, I think the primary focus there. And there's a lot of theology going into this, you know, Romans 13 is talking about how God has instituted the government and mm. to, to punish wrongdoing and et cetera. And so if we allow, if we sit back and say, you know what, the George Floyd riots weren't that bad. And you know what, the July 6th insurrection, it really wasn't that bad. And all of those things, we're allowing there to be injustice in our society. And in so doing, we are doing the opposite of loving our neighbor because as Christians, how are we going to allow, we have a higher call. How are we going to allow these, you know, these things, these unjust things to go down mm-hmm. and not to say anything. And I think it's funny cause I think that's mostly what we do as Christians is, Oh, I don't know if this is my role. I don't know if I should say anything. I don't know. And it's like, but but there is this, you know, it is important to love our neighbor. And this is the whole, I mean, B- BLM was so, or there was all these things I kept seeing about you know, <laughs> loving your neighbor. And this is, you know, if your neighbor is under attack, this is, you know, what you need to do and et cetera. It's like, yes, but, but it can't just be what this organization tells me. Mm-hmm. I need to go to the scripture and I need to say, how do I love my neighbor and how do I love God and how do I do this well? And, and God lays that out. And it's not, it's not the, oh, I can do this all, you know, through my own discernment and strength. It is, it is understanding where, where we are, understanding that God is the institutor of justice. God is love. He is those things. And so we need to go to him and we need to bring him to the public square. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think that necessarily happens enough. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you brought up, um, particularly like the, the scriptural kind of general guide for, for why God institutes government. And I think as was emphasized in the Kyle Rittenhouse episode, you know, I think as Christians, what, what, when we talk about these issues and when we're, when we're focusing on the issues, think about these issues, um, we should really take into mind the fact that one, the riots occurred and mm-hmm. The government failed to uphold its duty for why it was instituted, which was was to protect to protect individuals, to protect our property, and and to maintain stability. And that's that's not only that's not only a scriptural, you know, doctrine for what government should do, but that's also you know that social contract theory. 
why why are we under the authority of government to begin with? And why does God institute government authority? Well, it's it's to maintain a sense of order and justice, not a subjective justice, as we've talked about in previous episodes, but an objective, godly justice. And you know, especially as Christian institutions, I mean, that symbolic attack on on the Capitol, well, that was a symbolic attack on, yes, a democracy, but also our our, our institution that has, has failed and is still failing. It failed George Floyd. It, fa- it failed Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse. It failed minority. It failed everyone, and it's still failing people. And our response to when, you know, when the people plot, when people rage against government, all those things in Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 2 should not be to be only focusing on, oh, it's so bad what happened to the institution. Mm. We need to understand, you know, why are people rioting? Rise of the voice of the heard. Why is this happening? It's because of a failure of government. And that should be our focus. And our focus should be on the suffering of the individuals and all of those things instead of these big philosophical ideas that, that really don't mean anything when you get down mm. to it. And I think for like a gospel connection, I mean, what better image for the fallen nature of man and why we need Christ than the fact that what I think is one of the best experiments for, for a just government like America is, yeah. is going through a trial right now, which you could categorize as it falling apart, whatever. And the fact that this system that's so good compared to other ones, that in itself isn't good enough to protect us from our own wrath, from our own greed, from our own self-interest. You know, the self-interest of politicians to, like Nancy Pelosi, to maintain their own power at the cost of the suffering of minority communities, rioting and all that stuff. And same on the right with Donald Trump and some other people. We need Christ because where we're at right now, like this is not going to last first off. You're going to die one day, but also it sucks. There's something you should take away from this podcast, from this episode, all of our episodes. It sucks here. Mm. I don't want to be here. It sucks here. Like, dude, that's why we need God. That's why it's important to understand what God says about government. And that's why it's important to talk with people that you disagree with because there's so many different views and the different views matter. And yeah, I guess that's that's my last statement. No, that was so good. I totally agree. I think just to reemphasize and add to, to what you're saying. So what do we do? Mm-hmm. We need We need to bring the 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 things that are under attack or the things in, in in different ways are under attack are the foundations of our country and so what do we do is we need to bring those things back into focus that you know let's go back to the these, these ideas these ideas of you know our freedoms to do things these ideas of what is justice these objective sources there is no my truth there is truth Mm-hmm. And that's how it works, even if you think some other way. And so bringing those things and those realities to people, bringing them to bear in front of people and having those conversations. I mean, that's what this podcast is about. And I think that's that's a Im- very important part of the Christian witness. Yeah. To be to be real truth seekers. Yeah. And not just for our glory, but for God's glory. And that's what Chris wants us to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Well, you know, one of the shorter podcast episodes, um, definitely not an easy subject. And I mean, we could have talked for hours and still so much, there's so much there and just hope that this was a fruitful conversation. And, um, I guess for this little break, not to get sappy, I've really enjoyed the podcast. It's helped me a lot in, you know, finding more purpose and I think, I just think it's been great. So I hope you guys stick around. Xavier's going to be freaking awesome. Ethan, you're going to continue to be baller. Thanks, bro. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode nine of Antifoli. Thanks for listening.